Damn it, Mama, I told you I'm trying to do the YouTubes right now. I'll come up later and put your bunion oil on, okay? Jeez. Hey, hey, it's me and Steve. I thought maybe it'd be a good time to just have a once a month show for us to sit together, paint, talk about wargaming stuff, you know. And and whatnot. Don't forget and whatnot. the whatnot part. We've got, uh, we've got, no, Murray's already on here. Yeah, waiting patiently. And I told him, if he asked, asked if he's got his drawers on. McMurray doesn't. Of course, he doesn't. Yes, there are degenerates. Very much. Uh, there, there are probably more degenerates. The guy does not have his drawers on. Mm. And he's uh, fully clothed for now, says, says Chris. Uh-oh. Tomas. Ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. It's early for you. It's about what time you're, like, getting up. Your Todd, a.k.a. Wardrobe, plays World War II. Is here too. I got five watchers. So, anywho, we don't really have any kind of a, uh, a schedule or anything set up. So, we're going to. Or do we? Or do we? Up, oh, Dorian's mm. here. Hey, Dorian. Yeah, we got to have the what? I, oh, there's going to be plenty of what? Uh, I, uh, yes, and I, Thomas is living the life of a gentleman artist now. Now we got cut mm. loose. Yeah. That so sucks. tonight I'm going to be painting this bad boy. He is a 15 millimeter version of a six millimeter uh, Archer Battletech guy. I don't know if I got a better view. I got a better view. Let's see. Ooh. That one you can watch me paint. And his flies open. Yeah, my flies open. That one's just for Jeffifa. So, yeah, so I'm going to be painting on this dude. And uh, which brings us to the, the wonders of 3D printing because this is a six millimeter uh, STL that I then blew up uh, 250%. Give me this lovely scale that I want to go and as another example I've got uh, got these uh, Imperial troops right here look at that same guy just printing them at different sizes and I can print as many and, as I want and it holds up they the, yeah, the blow up stuff really nice is yeah. dead on it's perfect yeah uh, so we did, do it Doing Battletech and God's own scale, 15 millimeter. Remember, flies. I am not painting. I am not painting Battletech. I I was trying to find. I have some cheap ass little portable camera that I was going to have, so you guys don't have to constantly look at my my pretty mug all the time. Or ball of paint. My yeah, Chrome Dome. But uh, I am painting. Guess what? Star Wars. Man. 
What are you painting, Steve? Uh, is it something that you can't I get? Because Legion hasn't made anything new. And fuck it so everything. I have a little box. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and I'll hold it up if you can see. It is yeah. a little tray of primed figures. And I'm looking in it. And there is only one miniature, which is a fucking droid that is Legion. The rest of them are all STL 3D printed uh, miniatures. Pirates, mercenaries. Uh, Pirates, mercenaries, I've got uh, two last squads that I'm painting of my rebels. So I found somebody that made a, a bunch of different rebels. Uh, it was a Skullforge guy, actually. And yes. um, finally, Rebels. He's doing. Yeah, he's doing. And, he's now. And I just got. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not into the Wookies. I, I I gotta tell you, I'm not into. Hey, the what I Mm-hmm. I like hey, a big I and hairy. Big and hairy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when we. But, that's when we go to. Uh, When we do those uh, uh, out of state cons, I can't be good can in the same room. So, yeah, we were we were talking before before we we, we went live before we went live. We were talking about uh, Star Wars miniatures, which I tend to always talk about. But I'm not bashing Legion miniatures because I think the figures look great, but they need to step up because I, I told Jay that their next release is Yoda and that game's been out for shit how long and I mean Mandalorian's been on TV oh, for weird. this is it's been a three year going on well yeah because Boba Fett will be this Christmas so that'll be three years not one single release from that and it's like I I don't I don't get it I don't know if it was COVID that 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 did it or it was the, the switching companies, but I mean, they're kind of beholden to the rules a little bit, you know, to where you want to get like Tuscan Raiders in there, and and yep, they got to find uh, out, they got to balance everything, and how does it work against other troops, and you know, you got to have everybody's got to have their little secret power and their pluses and minuses. So no, like no, sorry. But with yeah. fistful of lead, you don't need well, no stinking powers. Yeah. So I mean, so it's back to like the three D printing thing. Anybody that saw the big crossover weekend and saw the tables and stuff like that, I mean, ninety percent of the stuff there was all three D printed. I mean, you want to fill a table quick. Right now, I'm printing uh, some skiffs like Jabba the Hutt Tatooine style uh, skiffs and I'm just going to print a bunch of them at 28-32 millimeter and we're going to have like the equivalent of a pirate battle above the sands you know dueling broadsiding that kind of stuff maybe even using Mr. Foss's uh, pirate rules I don't know depends on how nice he is uh, Jay Solo RPG guy says you still on track for August September release for the fantasy hardback. So today I got page number twenty-two 
laid out of the uh, third book. So I am almost done with the dungeon part of it. Uh, the uh, mazes part, if you will. And the uh, monster part of it will be the rest of it. And that is literally just going to be all of the monster manual of just page after page of your of your classic monster. So you just want to just do a throw down and let's just let's just play and I don't want to have to do any statting or coming up with stuff. You can just crack that baby open and throw down. Or also if you're designing your own dungeons and you wanna uh, you wanna just have something you can easily put together for the uh, your your dungeon that you've made so I feel like I am but you know the hard part is with still being a still still working 40 hours a week in theory uh, you know it's all after work and weekends and stuff like that when I'm not doing shit like this so shit happens you know that that's taking pictures for everything that's laying it out that's writing that's editing and all that kind of stuff so it's uh i'm trying <laughs> it looks nice yeah. it looks really nice so the, yeah the, the, when you, when you sent me the, 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 the third one done then i've got to uh relay everything out because once i take the three books and put it all in one books well then there's going to be pages that I don't need, uh, additional pages. So we're doing a, with the hardback, because you're willing to spend the extra money with the hardback, we'll be doing some exclusive content with that. So that'll be, there'll be some stuff that you can't get anywhere else in the hardback, not even in the PDF, so. Hey, uh, Dorian says, so, how much do you estimate would be the total, the total cost to start up a 3G, a 3 G printing operation, 3D printing operation. So we kind of talked about this on uh, one of Matt's uh, on Rocky's War Room, and it it comes down honestly to what you are trying to what you're trying to do. So I use an MDF or a, a PLL print PLA printer for most of my terrain because um, you can't. You could get detail with it, but you can also, and you can dial it in pretty tight. Uh, but you're still going to get a little bit of some uh, striation, some print lines, and um, so that's really good for terrain, especially if you're doing like, well, we did all the Star Wars terrain. It's like Adobe and stuff like that. You can get a a really good. Um, printer for less than 250 bucks and those the bitch about them is putting them together but it's not even that bad of a deal because you can um, watch videos on how to do it you can hear mine going in the background they go 24 7 um, and then uh, resin printer for doing miniatures so uh, these little dudes Star Wars guys they're all 
and these Battletech guys, those are down in the resin printer. Same thing, you can get a good one, a good starter one for 250 And the thing about it is less than 250 um, but then you need to buy resin and uh, same way with the other printer, which can go in for 25 to to $35. I've recently switched to the water-soluble resin, which is great because you just use water to... Uh, to clean everything off. And I found that uh, when I soak it in warm water overnight, the supports just pull off like nothing. It's just so, so you like it, you like it way better. Oh, I like it way better and I'm getting better results. So the good news is they're a great community. You shouldn't be scared about getting invested in it because there are literally thousands and thousands of videos about getting started and there's everything from beginner to, uh, to experts uh, doing this stuff. So there's whole communities out there that make it pretty easy to do. So, um, and they're always running sales too. Thomas said, yes, you need, I'll do, I will do your layout for breaking lances as soon as somebody gets done editing it, Thomas. Uh, we're hoping but, if we uh, do either Wiley Weekend or our potential March convention, you can come out and run uh, Breaking Lances. Yeah, Jay echoed what, not Jay echoed why it depends on what you want, MDF or resin. Uh, what was the one that you were telling What was the one that you were telling me about? That, that I haven't new, lost any detail new? on my models. So, Here's a no, what was example. the what was the new what was the new printer that came out that you said that, that the scalpers were buying up and that's a sad upcharging. But yeah, that's it's literally that's just because it's, it's got a bigger print plate. So this baby figures right here was a six millimeter uh, model for uh, BattleTech that I blew up to fifteen millimeter scale and it kept everything. The flip side of that are these 25 millimeter dudes that I'm painting up for uh, for uh, BattleTech. They're actually Star Wars guys, but they make really good like House Davian troops. The detail is insane. We got a friend that's doing 25 millimeter. He's buying 25 millimeter uh, files, and he's shrinking them down to six millimeter for epic and they look insane like he's got this corn uh demon that uh has skulls on his belt and you can get a microscope and see microscope and see those skulls it's crazy hey scott matthews is here yay scott's here are you yes, talking about Thomas jay reese said, run game yeah jay reese is doing those or as they call him additional jay here Hey, or as we call them, paints, paints, paints beautiful figures that won't let anybody touch them. Yeah, that we can never, never see. And taunts us with them. So we'll his stuff is, yeah. So it's crazy what the, the detail is. And yes, there is, yes, they will break down on you. Yes, they will. You'll have to do some fine tuning to dial stuff in. But again, there's a great um, community for it. So like I had, uh, I had my, 
I have an Elegoo Mars Pro, and I was getting these just screwed up prints. Like I do halfway through, and then I just get this. Bleh. So went online, showed a picture, said, "What the hell's going on here?" And I got sure enough, I got three answers, and one of them was the correct answer, and it was that my LCD or LCD uh, lights were going out. Holy shit, Ken's here too. I better not say Snap. To him about him. Yes, I'm a House Standard fan too. So, and Sexy Hexy's here too. We got 11 people. Uh oh. Uh oh. I think. So I can't, now I can't slam Ken and I can't slam anybody that's like a board game person. I think so. I think with eleven I think with eleven people, uh, something needs to happen here. Uh-oh. Holy crap! You know what that means, right? Is that the mailman? That's the alarm. It's mail. It's time to open the mailbox. All right. It is time to open the mailbox, and I have well, the mailbox. Are... Yeah, Steve is going to read some. Uh, Steve's going to work. On, is going to read some actual letters that have arrived for uh, for uh, uh, Wiley Games. The names have been changed to protect the innocent, but yeah, you oh, can send in mail. But to, tonight's mailbag, tonight's mailbag is full. Murray. So, yes, uh, all right. These, this is actual correspondence to the Baron and to to, to Fistful of Lead. Here, here's the first letter. Dearest Baron, I, I, I might have to do this in a voice. Hold on. Dearest Baron, why does it cost so much to ship things? I want to buy a book, but shipping here is so expensive. Sincerely, Cheap Ass and Chesapeake. <laughs> well, Cheap Ass. I don't set the postal rate, and uh, you can look online and you can see how much it costs to ship different things based on the weight. So uh, I don't, I don't have any say in how much stuff costs. So all I could tell you is, if you really want to throw out the rules, well, you can always, uh, you can always buy a PDF. They are, they are super cheap. And then if you like them, then you can come back, you can bite the bullet, and. Uh, Pay for those stamps, yo. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stamp that one. That letter uh, solved. We'll we'll go to our second letter in the mailbag. Dear sir, while I enjoy your rules, I have found grammatical errors on pages blah 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 and more blah blah blah. Can you tell me where to find the errata, or let me know when I can expect a new PDF and book with the fixes? Yours truly, oh, and it says wit defixes, W-I-T. <laughs> Yours truly, too much time on my hands in Toganoxy. <laughs> well, how do you think I'm going to answer that, Steve? Oh, I, I can't <laughs> wait. I, I, I know how you're yeah. going to answer, but I don't know if you can say it on here. When hell freezes over. So yeah, I have a that's, I have a very uh, my my question back was or my answer back was did you did you get what I was trying to say that even though it says wit instead of with or something like that so 
what we do is we do things like uh, make horse and musket too, where we can go back and uh, just totally re redo the whole thing rather than make an entire new PDF that and print out uh, the books, seeing as I've already got like 200 books. I'm not and I would, in the trash, so you know, and then I would say, so too much uh, in Tonga Noxie to hurry up and buy, uh, hurry up and buy horse and musket too, so they can go and look through that for grammatical errors too. Wit it, wit it. So, uh, Ben, uh, that's all the letters that we know, got. That's all we've got in this time in, in this episode's mailbag today. That was enough. I think you need to show the mailbag screen again. I do need to show the mailbag screen again. Yeah. So good. Real letters, folks. Real letters. Real letters. Okay. That's the tip of the iceberg. And if you're joining us and you were one that sent in one of those letters, shame on you. Shame for shame. It's like uh, Game Our of Thrones. Our editing has got much better since I've got an official editor. It's like the Game of Thrones where they walk All down right. the street throwing turds. Yeah. Scott, not only will I throw in irregardless, I'll throw in orientated. That's the other. That's the other word. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what future mailbags hold. Oh, I do too. Dear sir, you read one of my letters on the last episode. I was very hurt by this. <laughs> well, Robin told me she would take over answering all the correspondence, but what fun is that? Is that like shooting your blood pressure up at uh, first thing in the morning? Too good. Yeah, yeah Ken, it is like doing business with Triumph the dog. <laughs> I'll wake up first thing in the morning and I'll and I'll look at my emails and Robin will be like come out of the bathroom. She I'm not even out of bed yet. She's like, What are you cussing about? That's that's maybe maybe for future for maybe that's that Ken's got the 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 uh, an idea there. Maybe for future episodes we have we have a puppet baron that reads the mailbag or something. Oh, that would be awesome. I always wanted to add a puppet to the show. Yeah, and he sounded like trying Or, and he could be—he'd be the buck naked Baron too. <laughs> yeah. So, for those who don't know, we've we've got a, a wonderful uh, miniature custom made by one of the basement generals, John, and it's a—he uh, took a a naked Gaul who's wearing just a cape, and was charging with a sword, and he replaced the sword with a tiny, tiny little but PBR. Yeah, a little PBR, and then he put a oh, the right. cape has got the uh, Wiley logo on it. So he'll make appearances in games, just running around as the Buck Naked Baron. I usually well, have something like become, the first the person to spot him gets like an extra reroll and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's become like the Where's Waldo, or he was like the Where's Waldo of the games, and it became so hard to find him. That he got lost, and it was like what, like a, yeah. a, a I didn't know what a I didn't couple know of months. That, Nobody knew where he was. I don't even. It, where was, where was Buck Naked? <laughs> a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah, 
he was in like a weird place. Like I had him mixed in with some of the peasants from my medieval stuff. And I don't know if he gets out at night and he goes for a little walk and visits the other uh, game boxes looking for love. I mean, he is, he is well endowed. I'll give him that. So much more so than I. Tiny lead pecker. Tiny lead pecker. Yep. There's a name. Yep. That yeah, I have my I have a I just keep a list of names on my phone when I'm if I see one or hear one or thinking one that I use for for uh, future games like that last pulp fighter one, I had some doozies. That was that was the unveiling of Enos Queeth, who's gonna become a regular now. I think he's gonna be in every game. Yeah. We we got sponsorships coming up from uh, so. Enos Queeth. They're the, the, the product yep, sponsorships. Tell them you're looking for Enos. Or you're here. No, you're here. <laughs> you're, yeah, I'm here for Enos. Tell them I'm here for Enos. Yep. We got the Professor Wiley's uh, Bulletproof Mustache Wax. That's one of our sponsors. For the discerning gentleman. So, solo RPG guy. All you need now is so, an English uh, Nazi so. overseas to complain about shipping costs of content and Nina Verata would be a two for one deal. Uh, it's Enos. Oh, yeah. Well, well, here's, one, here's one solution. It's not Enos. It's Enos Queeth. Yes. He wants it to be Enos. And that's TH. No, I, uh, we're, like, we're not, instance, we had a we're not low We had a group in the Netherlands who, you know, shipping just one book was going to be crazy. And I, and I said, so does your, so we contacted them and we said, are, how do you feel about, you know, is there anybody else in your club that are playing? If it is so, why don't you guys, we have a, we have a box that no matter what's, no matter what weight it is, whatever we can fit in it, it's a flat rate. So if you can get the rest of your crew together and put together an order, We'll shove as much stuff as we can, and then you guys can all just split the cost of the uh, of the shipping. And they were like, "That's great!" And yeah, it was like a hundred dollars to ship this thing, but with all the VAT taxes and all that crap that they do. But it ended up being cheaper to split that amongst the eight of them uh, than it was going to be if they sent if if they bought individual uh, boxes from us. So. We will work with you on shipping. Uh, we're trying to get the same thing together for the. There's a large gaming group in Australia that are. It's the same way. So, uh oh. Of course, Hexy Hexy's got some. Uh, he's got some sock puppets. I bet. Yeah, but they're all stuck extra. together. Extra. He says ex, extra sock sock puppets. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ken. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be great on Facebook tomorrow. Um, well, you'll work with, yeah, you'll work with as a you as a police officer. I'm sure you do. Uh, you'll work uh, with Thomas, uh, uh, puppet. Thomas is working on a puppet for us, Steve. Is that what is that code for? Well, he just what I'm working I said. on a puppet. You'll work on work with people on shipping, except if you're from Chesapeake. Yeah, it's Solar RPG guy. I've got a I've got a guy in England, uh, James at uh, 
Oshiro model terrain that uh, will ship to Europe too. So. No working with people. I'm from using, FCC. I'm using unmentionables right now. Yeah. Are you using contrast? Yep. Uh huh. Hey, contrasts are great as a tool. As a tool, I am. So I, I water it. I water the shit down real. Yeah, I just painted one of our chests because we need to uh, take a new picture because we are now selling. Our terrain is STL files as well on our website, so you can just oh, cool. create your own stuff. But I paid, I blocked in the color on that, hit it with contrast, and then, baby, then you go in and put the highlights and you take it to the next level. A little pop bit. It, pop it. Pop it. Pop those highlights. Yeah. I... And you could, you could do a, fit, fit, a lot of 15s and micro stuff. You can hit them with the contrast and it looks good. Although I was still I I have a cart of paints that I've gotten from Joann's or Michael's or Hobby Lobby, and I've got like it's it's two levels sitting here, and then I have a little tray of Citadel paints, and I think those that little tray of Citadel paints I have, I paid more for that well, little tray than the project coming in with. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, we know you do, Chris. Pop those highlights. That, that, pop it. Oh, God, the floor wax time. Yeah, see, I, I love it when I go to a table and they got all these figures and they're all just a shade of brown. From what? Because I just hit it with, like, Agras Earth Shade and just leave it. And that's, that's all well and fine. But go in and hit those highlights. It'll be next level. And it doesn't take that much extra see? effort. You can you could I, turn an okay paint job into like a fantastic paint job without a lot of extra work. Like I I have dry brushes. Your I friend. have I have Earthshade, but I don't use it. As, I I'll still use just null oil for everything, and then I'll go in and just I'll water that the shit down and and use that, and then go pop highlights and then for like the Star Wars stuff the last thing I do is I dry brush the whole really really dry brush everything with uh, uh, with like a sand color so it, it gets a kind of a almost like an airbrushy effect to it Dusty. yeah and I use I use contrast paints a ton on my uh, terrain like all the all the Star Wars stuff we did, all the Battletech stuff that we did, that was all, that was spraying it, a single color contrast paint, and then going in and dry and brush, dry brushing in highlights and stuff. And you can accomplish, I, uh, you can accomplish a lot with just, you know, a lot of, not a whole lot of effort. Most of those buildings I did for Star Wars, I could knock out in an hour or so, really. When when did contrast paint contrast paints haven't been out though? No, but there's been con you can you can essentially make contrast paints with uh, regular paint, a little bit of water, a little bit of soap. There's people have been doing it, and then the inks, the the washes are just inks. I mean, I've been using uh, Windsor Newton inks forever. They're, it's it's really oh. great when you do like a face or something. 
because I think I first started using, yeah, not Jason's, but two years. I think I started using Citadel paints like right when COVID first started. I, I've never used sure. it before. Well, and I've, and, uh, you know, it's nothing like accidentally spilling them and they're like $7, you know. I'm trying to see if I got a shot of that too. Table because I've got you know I've got I've got the crap from you know the little craft paints I use those mostly for my for my bases and stuff I use Reaper I got Vallejo I've got Citadel colors it's really it's finding the colors that that uh, work best like there's certain ones that the yellow is garbage. You know, but then you'll find another one where the yellow is great and it goes on nice and thick. Or it's just finding the the colors that work for whatever you're trying to do. So these guys, this, I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna block out the colors on this guy. I'm gonna hit him with Nolan oil and uh, and uh, Agras Earthshade. Then I'm gonna just go back and dry brush him. And then go in with some silver to show where he's been knocked around a little bit, a little bit of contrast paint for the rust, stuff like that. So it's, to me, it's all just a tool and what you're trying to get on the end of it. And, you know, you can, you can use, you can use whatever you want. No and uh, the one, no right or wrong paints. The one thing that worries my bottom of it, and I, it's pissing me off, I'm going to get something else. This testers, this tester spray for, they must have changed it up or something because it's yeah, shit now. I told you, they, they changed their formula. Now it's got a little bit of shine to it. So if you want flat, you got to get the Windsor Newton stuff. It's about the only one. It's like a true flat, uh, uh, final coat a clear coat anymore it's, will it uh, will it flatten out will it flatten out crystal clear oh yeah because that you know i i'm the same as you i hit it with crystal clear first to protect it because if you just spray something with flat after a couple of uses your fingers are going to start to wear the flat off so i hit it with crystal yeah. clear and then it'll be shiny as hell and just look stupid and then you go back with uh that nice flat like the Windsor Newton, and it'll flatten that sucker out like nobody's business. Well, and and I had said this when when you had the the Rockies crossovers. Like I was finishing up Star Wars figures to bring over, and I had oh yes, my that last fan. Oh my god, I was so pissed. I, it was my last set of mercenaries that I had to paint, and. I've always painted and sprayed in all types of temperature year-round. Never had an issue. Clear, or crystal cleared them, let them dry, let them cure. Went out um, to, to, to spray this tester shit on, which I've used a thousand times. And I sprayed them, went back inside for a second, came back out, and they were completely white. All clouded, completely, yeah, they're, completely white. Then you're like the horror. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, like nightmare I, I, scenario. So I I freaked out. Yeah, I ran up and down the, the weekend. 
screaming. So I looked online and and people were saying, "Hey, try rubbing um, uh, uh, olive oil on it, or if you've got spray olive oil, spray olive oil on it, and it'll get rid of the cloudiness." And I didn't have any spray, so I had a little. They said you could dunk them in olive oil. So I was like, "Well, what do I got to lose? Because they look like shit now. I can't." They're gonna go in the yeah, trash. Just repainting so them. Yeah, and and they're they're 3D grown, so it's like you know, just you end up throwing them throwing them out if it doesn't work. So I got a little bowl and I put some olive oil in there. Uh, um, put put them in olive oil, dipped them around. Um, none of that. The, the cloud was all gone. It kept the crystal clear. But it got rid of the dull. It got rid of. It kept a little bit of the dull coat, but it got rid of all of the cloudiness on there. And then I just yeah. kind of rinsed them off. I rinsed them off with cool water, and then I had a. Um, we've got some like spray liquid sink soap, and I sprayed them on there to get the kind to make them to where they're not slick and oily. And you would never. They look. They they turn out great. You would never know that science that bitch. They were, they were a disaster, and 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 you know I think when we were at your house, Ken and I were talking. I was like, I think Ken mentioned it. It's like I wonder how many people this has happened to, and how many figures have been <coughs> thrown out over the years. Yeah, just wrong. repainted, but because I've I've yeah. repainted dudes that that happened to pissed me off. So the, so the secret is olive oil, the life hack, gamers hack. Life hack. I couldn't, Game, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I'm, I'm like ready to make um, an infomercial about it. Well, that was kind of an infomercial. They, yeah, McMurray, they did taste great. I keep, I keep them in my yeah. mouth. Yeah, and he I said, too. We're going to have yeah, to get a uh, on here next time. But he has to get, get it. Olive oil is his jam. But you, you uh, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta get, some, you have to have a cocktail if you're gonna be on here though. We're gonna be like old school Johnny Carson. Everybody's drinking. Gotta be like, you can be like up. Dean Martin. Showed up, liquored up. I thought, I thought though that the story was Dean Martin. He was, it was he not actually did it. Yeah, that he it was just, just it, it was just all show. That's what, what I said. Is it real? Is it real Bravo or real Lobo that he's in it and he plays a drunk? Is it real Bravo? I don't, I don't remember. One of them's got James Conn. It's him and Ricky. No, no. It has, isn't it Ricky Nelson? Yeah, there it? you go, Ricky Nelson. And they gave is him it, the shotgun with the saw. Oh, that one's James Conn. I can't remember. They, they're they the same movie. Uh-huh. That's oh, yeah. It was. I know the I want to say, help, help, help me out, you guys. I think it was real Bravo. I think. Uh, yeah. Steve wants to know what's next on your project table. Uh, it's going to be Star what's Wars. Victoria oh, wanted to know what's that? next on your project table. Oh, okay. So, I've got for Star Wars. This is and, it, and, Ken, and then I'm stopping. I've got, said it. I've got one. Ken said it was real Ken Bravo. Said what? Ken yeah. said it was real Bravo. Um, so well, before I answer you, here Thomas says the difference between gloss and flat is the latter has wax in it, 
if you get ghosting, you can respray with gloss to get rid of it as well. Hmm. Very cool. I'll have to remember that. Smart and Matthew man. says Rio Bravo as Richard Robert Mitchum as the drunk. That's that is that is right. Um, so what I'm painting after Star Wars, I have a few more Masters of the Universe characters that I'm get I've got that I want to paint, but then I need to switch gears to something that Jay and I have been concocting called Terror Island, and and it's a campaign uh, a campaign game. Tell them about for, it, Steve. Uh, a campaign game for Fistful of Lead, and it we. When we have done campaigns as, as our group in the past, not everybody sh can show up every time we play. So it's like, okay, so if we do a campaign, you'll have a team, and, and keep me honest here, Jay, you'll have a team, uh, I'll have a team, so-and-so will have a team, and if they're not there that week, you balance it out to when they do show, their team is for sure going to play. I, I can't explain it. Very good. You 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 do it, but well, um, the, then the other characters would play as foes. Yeah. So if it's yeah, if it's not your turn, then somebody else could play basically the spoilers. But I'm actually right. setting this one up as a real uh, map-based campaign. So, but it's uh, it's going to have a some cool mechanics to it. Think of it like shoots uh, and ladders meets Candyland kind of a thing. Um, with and all the events, with all the events being decided by, guess what? A deck of cards. So dun dun dun. You'll travel and through the jungle to Terror Island, uh, and running into all these sorts of things that can happen before you even before you even meet uh, the other the other players. So Terror Island's gonna have robots, monsters, dinosaurs, zombies. You know. Lost Worlds, that kind of thing. So it's like, uh, what was the what was the the thing? You keep sending me STL files for something, and they're just just fucking crazy. The, the well, characters. yeah, that's, that's from a, a company called uh, Printer Monsters, and they've just got just wackadoodle stuff like a skull with like spider legs. And then I sent Steve these crazy 1980s versions of like post-apocalyptic dudes that are you know look totally like off the cover of an 80s metal uh, album so that makes yeah. me wanted i wanted to do a limited i want to write a uh, limited campaign for wasteland warriors because it's a it's it's not loved as much as it should be it's actually one of my favorite rule sets but it uh it doesn't get the love it deserves Although Mini Warma is uh, playing a solo game with it, is it because there's it's harder to find figures for that, or is it maybe it's not harder to find figures? I well, see that, that's that's what's that's what's weird about it, is it you could literally use any figures you want. So um, see, because I would I would use old Necromunda figures. Oh, we use Decromundus. It's all about how you want to do your post-apocalyptic future. I mean, uh, you want it Mad Max, and you don't want to have any kind or the road or Book of Eli, and you don't want to have any like monsters or mutants. You can just you don't have to play with those. But okay, if you want to go yeah. totally Gonzo, Thunder the Barbarian, uh, 
you know, commodity last boy on earth with just crazy crap. You can do that too. So, but the best part is the mutations and stuff are fodder for, uh, you know, pulp for whatever you want to do. You can use them as like magic or, uh, bio weapon, you know I mean? Dude. I, I, so I, I've also got on the list to do, uh, um, like cyberpunk and literally it's just taking the mutations we've already gotten to saying, well, that's not a, that's not a mutation. It's actually a robotic thing. So, you know, like one of the mutations is like extra arms. Well, those are just robots attached to the cyborg. Yes. Full gamma world is my dream, Ken, which is why I wrote it to where it is, but you don't have to play it that way. And there's so many, especially with, you know, uh, being able to use whatever you want, you know, you, you get some space orbs and they're so easy to find now. Just, you don't even paint them green. You get some space orbs and you paint one blue and one pink and one yellow and, and you know, glue some extra arms. Or a, you know, they're so easy to what? modify, especially through the plastics. And then you're, you know, you've got all kinds of mutants. Super easy. What was uh, for for when we did Masters of the Universe, and and this was based off the, the old eighties cartoon. They have orcs in Masters of the Universe that are gray and they were bright orange armor. And you did you painted? I remember the orc wars on Eternia. But you didn't you paint? Yeah, one or two like that. Yeah, I painted one. He's kind of got that sort of gray purple skin and orange armor. Then I even made his guns like cartoon. Like I painted his armor and his guns like they were an action figure. So they weren't like natural yeah. colors. Yeah. Like gun, I painted like blue because if you would have got it as a toy, his axe and his gun would have been like a weird plastic color. So Purple. that's what's fun about it is you can just paint whatever you want. But it's my little yeah, stepchild. So it's next to the fantasy. It's the it's the rule set. I had the most fun writing and the most fun uh, playing, but it's it's not one of the more popular ones. But uh, you know, I although is the, somebody somebody did buy one at uh, Jay's July Jamboree a couple weekends ago, so uh, which looked which, which was, looked like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And Ken said I didn't snore as bad as I normally did, so that was a plus. Did you guys? Even did you guys sleep there, like? I'm uh, sure our room was Look. Did you guys sleep like uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents? Do what? Did you guys sleep like Charlie Bucket's grandparents? Yeah, we slept, and he had, he had his. Yeah, he had his feet up in my face, and I had my feet up in his face, and Marshall was squeezed between us. It's like the three the stooges little, where you're, yeah, three stooges where you're scratching each yeah, other's face with your toes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's <laughs> so good. Like. So and, throw, and then throw in lots of playing with soldiers. So, yep. not Jay. Uh, yeah, I, I know I missed out. I, I have all kinds of usually life life so, events happening. Well, uh, I went mostly uh, because Robin wanted to have a weekend to herself, so I was like, oh, perfect. 
get the fuck out. And then it backfired because it rained here the entire time and she spent the entire weekend trying to keep the dog from having a fucking heart attack because of the thunder and lightning and everything. So she didn't get it. Oh, uh, the other thing I just finished, I know that, that uh, uh, not Jay, when you were doing your show and you, and I told you it was a secret, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Uh, I told Jay, uh, I want to do a Doctor Who game, and I've been painting Cybermen, and I I had to rebase them all. They were old old miniatures that I based and touched up, but I wanted to do Cybermen. Old, uh, black tree ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the old black tree ones. The the funky little. They look like they're kind of super deformed. But um, since Jay just came out with Horse and Musket, I thought it would be cool if. We did a Doctor Who game where the Doctor goes back to horse, horse, horse and musket era, and lands. Yep, and lands, and the Cybermen are there trying to uh, convert all the townspeople and everybody into Cybermen. And the towns, the Doctor helps the townspeople uh, fight off the Cybermen. So, so we might do well, that. Basically, it could be so, We'll be combining horse and musket with uh, some galactic hero stuff. So, showing once again the versatility of the rules. And uh, in case you didn't know it, gold is deadly to the Cybermen. So, they have a plan to beat the Cybermen. Yes, they're going to they're going to take the the king's taxes, which they happen to have, and uh, melt them down and use them as bullets to kill the. Cybermen, but it'll be a race against time because the Cybermen, much like the uh, board from uh, Star Trek, uh, can convert people into Cybermen. So they'll be running around getting extra dudes while the uh, while the regular town folk are going to have to melt down the bullets and shoot them. But the uh, the bullets will be super deadly to the Cybermen. So. Yeah, it'll, the, it'll, the Cybermen, there won't be that many Cybermen to start on the table, but as they march and they're soulless and they can regenerate, uh, as they march on and if they take somebody out of action, that figure's got to stay on the table because they will be converted. Possibly. Yep. So I'm it ought to be pretty cool. All right. They are ready to go. I've just no, got to go print cards. What's that? Next year you have to, uh, not Jay said next year you have to be there. Still RPG. Yeah, I need to get I need cool. to get out there. I need to start planning for shit instead of like get things on a calendar. Later, Tomas. See ya, man. Yep. So now I, I hate to say this, I hate to say this, unfortunately, but I, as much as I enjoyed the mailbag, the the sad part is, is you get this shit all the time. Yep. <laughs> oh well. It's, it's what I signed up for. Or did I? Or did I? Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm slopping this crap on because you know what? I can fix it in post production. 
Yeah, I'm, I keep like I'll get to a point. I'll get to a point on on painting my stuff, like the Star Wars stuff. I'm just gonna paint this and I'm done. And then somebody will release something, and that by that somebody, I, I it's by that somebody, it's the Skull Forge guy. And I just saw that he's yep. um, getting ready to do a Patreon. He was, if if you're friends with him on Facebook or not friends with him, but the friended Skull Forge Studios. He said he's going to be doing um, not just Star Wars stuff. He's going to start doing superhero stuff, um, which he's already started. He just did a, he just did a an alligator Loki, and he did uh, yeah, Thor is a frog, which is from the the about I think it was four issues of the Walt Simonson Thor that Thor spent time as a frog. Throg? as a as a frog. Yeah, but wasn't this? What didn't they call him? Throg. I don't know. I thought his name was Throg. I could be. I've got all I. I've got. I've all got get, the entire uh, Walt Simonson run of Thor. I need at some point. I need to go back and just read them all again because they're friggin' great. The veteran Wargamer says greetings. Greetings. Veteran Wargamer. Uh I uh, all I give a shit is Beta Ray Bill. I want Beta Ray Bill showing up in this next movie. Oh, you know he is, baby. I mean, you I, saw, I him. Me you saw him in, on the side of the uh, arena in uh, a little statue Rack or something, wasn't he? His face was on the outside with the uh, of the like the the list of the the statue, the faces of the champions uh, on the outside of the. The big building that the Walt Walt Simonson created him, right? Yep, yep. That was during his yeah, run. So. And what was his shtick? Did he fill? I, I can't remember. Was he a fill? Well, it was one of those Thor screwed up again. So Odin was like, "I'm going to make. I'm going to find another hero," and. Uh, Beta Ray Bill was able to pick up me owner and transformed into this. He was just like an I'm alien. I'm going to get this dude. ugly horse looking alien. Well, no, that's yeah, not I'm what I'm going to get this like. ugly horse looking like a, alien to come in and make you look like an ass. No, he looks like just a bald orange dude with no nose. He just looks like a humanoid dude. But for whatever reason, when he turns into Beta Ray Bill, he gets that weird like goat skull head. Oh, that's him. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I, I remember that, later right? on later on they give yeah. they um they give him his own hammer which is like uh flat on one side and has an axe blade on the other which I believe is Stormbreaker which is the one that Thor has now in the MCU. Uh I did oh, see oh. something online that they had a somebody had some sort of concept art of Thor in a new costume, and it's that costume he wore. Was it the early '90s or late '80s? Where it was like the motorcycle jacket that was sleeveless. Remember that? Yeah, it's dumb. Yes, can confirm yeah, that. Yes, Ray Bills was oh, Stormbreaker. It's just a quick, which is another reason why. Yes, I believe that he's going to be in the MCU next. So, we're at an hour almost. Is there any other topics anybody wants us to uh, 
to cover. We've got some stuff for next week to kind of, we did a little bit of talk about the wonders of, uh, of uh, 3D printing. And although we didn't really talk about the, you know, how much it's, I think it's going to change the industry. You know, the, the funny thing is like none of the, the big, I shouldn't say big because I think the, I think the war game magazines are kind of also dying off. Um, none of them have really sort of tackled the subject other than there was an article in uh, war games illustrated. It was, but it was about a guy who had basically started a print farm and was printing for other people it was like, wasn't really talking about your average, you know, war gamer, um, you know, in our little group, should say little there's about a dozen of us we've got three people now um but have them and like me i think they're pretty much running 24 7 just cranking out the stuff uh you know ken's using his to build his dream 15 millimeter fantasy armies you know and filling in all those gaps that that the lead oh crap Oh, cat with the uh, cat cam, cat cam, cat cam that the uh, that the lead manufacturers, you know, aren't doing. So, so uh, my, my question has been, hey, see you, McMurray. Um, Charles, I hope your glasses were Earl's. Had to go pick up says, "Is this talk scheduled, or when you want, to, or when you want to?" Well, we were we were talking about doing it uh, once a month for on Tuesdays because Tuesdays work for us, and they don't interfere with uh, not Jay's show. I'm not going to take on his uh, viewership, so uh, so we're talking about once a month if people like it. We'll do do more. I don't, you know, but Tuesdays are good because Thursdays for us is uh, war gaming war gaming night, and we're either we're either war gaming or playing D and D. So we start doing that every other week. So this weekend or this Thursday, come up here in two days will be uh, another D and D night. Steve's going to miss yeah. out, so we're going to play his character, which will be fun. And and uh, a great day as I fully support going in and out uh, once a month on on Tuesdays a month. You were too, but uh, I I do more. It's just life gets crazy, and you're trying to get rules out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it. Could, I mean. But I also need a break too. <laughs> Every once in a while, I mean that's what that's what uh, that's what's been nice about role playing, um, especially during COVID when we couldn't get together really play in in uh, in real life or all together was uh, gave me a break from work, work, and then this work. So yeah, you know it, it's. Everybody wants the fantasy rules out as quick as I can get them, but at the same time, they also want other stuff too. So, you know, 
And but it is happening. The second book is at the printer. Third book is is being laid out, but I'm kind of at, but I'm actually kind of writing and laying out at the same time. So uh, I've got a I've got a spreadsheet with a bunch of monsters on it and how I think I'm going to stat them out. But you know, the other part of it is we we actually tried to play test a lot of this stuff before we put it out there. So you know, I like to have the the scenarios sort of play tested at least once before I'm putting them down. My son helps me when he can or or the group does when when we can play together. So you know, we play tested the dungeon crawl rules live. And that was you know its own thing. So and how long I mean how long have we been Ken Ken's running our D and D campaign and it's just fantastic and we've been we are the lightning lords yes hear our name in trembling fear what what has it been over a year that we've been playing it yeah because we've been in covid lockdown for yeah that's true that long we started right after uh oh steve's going in and out you went in and out. You went out to the Steve, point you now where all our characters are so filthy, stinking. Uh, no, I was saying that we're so stinking rich now. And in in D and D, our characters are just like the, the the amount of shit that we've. Yeah, Ken says forty one sessions. We started in April. Jeez, there you go. And then thrown in there too were some other ones like I ran a side one and then we did a couple superhero ones. Angry Day says, I figured you guys would be more DCC than D&D. I don't know what DCC is, so that tells you a lot about it. Uh, no, we do not play 5e. We are old school. So uh, Ken can correct me, but we've basically been uh, doing a hybrid of Advanced D&D with some of the uh, other stuff mixed in. So we play what's called Labyrinth Lord, which is a, a retro clone of the old one. So uh, we're part of it's just that's what we grew up with, and part of it is we have our own sort of, uh, you know, things against uh 5e to me 5e is like playing a video game analog it's really hard to yeah, Scott. die there's to me there's no and as a and as a dm it's it requires a lot to you to keep the juggle uh scott said that we started playing april 9th of there you go 2020. It's i crazy. have played 5e Ad advanced steve runs a 5e campaign for his for his daughters and nephews, there's nothing wrong with it. But for us, we like this. Yeah, so kids said advanced labyrinth lord. It's the old uh, BX with uh, advanced mixed into it. Ah, uh, Roger says, how do you think the new dungeon crawl rules will work with old rule sets like Galactic Heroes? Old rule sets. Uh, it'll be. I mean, it'll be seamless. I mean, 
Galactic Heroes is what gave us core, and core is basically what a uh, core fistful of lead is basically what all the uh, all the games are now. I mean, uh, horse and musket is uh, is basically core with some of the horse and musket embellishments, but uh, you should be able to take Galactic Heroes directly into it. So there's not that much difference. You could and, easily, and the funny thing is, take the dungeon crawl and just make it a, let's say, some sort of Hulk that's floating in space. Usually, and and the funny thing is, is you'll probably see that exact scenario pop up probably at Jay's house here in the, in yeah. a, within a year. So I mean, Roger, so, like one of the things we were just talking about is how we've used. When we did our Master of the Universe game, it's got a chunk of Galactic Heroes, it's got a chunk of Wasteland Warriors, and it's got a chunk of uh, Core in it. So it's 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 all of them mixed together. The once you once you've got the once you've got the uh, core rule, the core mechanics figured out, it's just adding in stuff. Uh, Charles Torson, I haven't played D since the seventies. White Box, it's great. It's the, the best thing that's come out of this is the fact that we can play this all uh, online together, just like this, essentially. And we just, you know, people have asked what we're using to play, and we just use Microsoft Teams because yeah. Ken can just, uh, and, he can and, just, he can put maps up when he wants to. We can interact when we want to. There's a chat section, you know, plus we can, you know, text each other. And we don't have, like, it's time to. And we don't have to. Like don't have to, smell to Doug. Yeah, I could text you and say it's time to kill Doug, and Doug doesn't know it. You know. So. <laughs> uh, Doug. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, well, it's, I will. Now, now we don't. I mean, there's plenty of other things you can use, like roll d20 and stuff like that, where you can see the rolls and all that kind of stuff. But. Uh, we just and we're we were old school ink on paper kind of role players, so it's not like we use miniatures or anything. And we do all no. the rolling ourselves. It's a gentleman's agreement. We roll our own dice. Ken keeps when we need to. And, he puts a map up and draws it all out and that kind of stuff. And and I, I would Doug, say I would, dare, right behind him. I would dare say that that we like to fail. Um, maybe. I think the Lightning Lords part of their charm is, and that's our that's our crew is called the Lightning Lords. Um, we've had members come and go. We've had a member say, I, "I'm I'm not part of this shit anymore. I got to get the hell out of here, and and leave." And we've had new members join. But I think part of the charm of our Lightning Lords is that. Uh oh, we lost Steve again. That we're Steve out. Hapless, and that you know. Well, we also, we also have to write a backstory that we stick to. You know, a lot of times I think when you run something and you don't give the characters a purpose, and all you're doing is the murder hobo shit, it's not as much fun to play. You know, it's all about the story. Like, not Jay. Chris has talked about. You know. And he's the same way with us that when you put together a scenario or you're playing a game, 
the backstory and the stories that unfold are what makes it a lot of fun. And you can fill in, you know, what happened. Like I charge you and I roll a one and you roll a 10, even though your guy was on the ground and had all these modifiers. And it's like, we could sit there and laugh and go, Oh, it's because he slipped on your blood and fell down and ended up on your spear, that kind of stuff. And that makes the whole little story behind it, you know, or the characters we've talked about before that have spot that have sprung up over the years that, have their own personalities and they're just little pieces of lead and we're just rolling dice and stuff seems to just kind of come up about them. You know, I got a camel faced Annie and Annie in my wild West town or ugly George or little Sally or little, uh, Abig Sally June, you know, that kind of stuff or, uh, Juan Jorge in our, in our pulp stuff. So, And, you know, uh -oh. we didn't really, uh-oh. No, I was saying, Roger, Roger can you talk about anything? You, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, superheroes, again, the stuff's already there, I think. Um, if you read between the lines, between the magic and the mutations and stuff, stuff that we've already got in previous editions that you could play right now if you really wanted to. The only thing I'm going to change about it is to create a build system because if you're going to make a group of superheroes, you're going to want them all to be sort of the same level essentially, or at least have the, you know, whereas right now we have a, a leader, a second or a, a specialist and then regulars and dregs. Well, for superheroes, you're going to want to make them all equally. Powered, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to want to get the X-Men and, uh, so it's really just going to be uh, finding a way to stat them all up so that it feels that way. So I've got an idea in the back of my head of how I'm going to do it. And it's basically going to break down that there'll be a list of powers and they'll be rated like major powers, minor powers, that kind of thing. And you'll be allowed to pick and choose between those kind of a deal. So we are a big fan of superhero uh, war games we played super system for ever um, and again mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a that's a good game in and of itself well in my opinion second edition the rest of them went um, we, uh, we still play it in a while so. but as we started making these rules stuff started evolving and it became apparent that hey we can use these for superheroes so like right now if you look at uh, wasteland warriors you've got mutations that let you crawl up walls or let you shoot I-beams and I'll, or let you fly. You could just, you could take Wasteland Warriors and stat up. I know there's some people in the Facebook group who have and just made simple little uh, games out of it. <clears throat> yes, Ken, there is a charm in us, guys. There, there was a bunch of us that were buying... Um, we're buying hero clicks and repainting them and making our own superheroes. Yeah. Used to horrify the guys at the hobby shop. He's like, Oh, are you playing hero clicks? Nope. I'm going to take this guy and chop his head off and get some wings from this guy. And I'm going to call him this. And there's like, oh, that's a $15 guy that does this, this, and this. I don't care. Don't, so don't uh, version follow the leader. Second regulars grunt, but uh, it does. So, um, It'll, it'll, you'll end up with 
same amount of figs you've pretty much always done. See you, Grade A. Yep, Grade A's got to take off. On, uh, and I'll let you guys know if we end up doing a, you know, if we do it in two weeks instead of a month, we'll do that. So, um, <clears throat> so that just seems we wanted something, we wanted the fantasy rules to be, uh, see, you know, pretty seamless with everything else. I don't want people to have to relearn the rules every time. So it's, you're going to notice a lot of similarities with all the other books, but we're giving you the feel and everything like that. So if you watched any of the videos, uh, like for instance, magic, you can have a magic user in your group and he can either be a leader level, a second level or a regular. Um, and that decides what, what level they are. So if your leader is a magic user, he's a master level magic user. So it's easier for him to cast spells than it is for a guy who's a lower level. You can make a whole unit of magic users if you want to. Uh, they're going to suck in close combat, but you know we're leaving that up for you uh, to do. And and the way the spells work is just—I mean, it's it's like shooting a gun. After they fire it, they got to reload or recharge, let the winds of magic reinvigorate them. So uh, you know it's it's going to be pretty much it's going to be stuff that's you're going to go oh well yeah that makes sense. Well, it's like uh, in Masters of the Universe, we had Skeletor was a master magic user. Yet Evil Lynn um, was, uh, what 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 did you have her labeled as? Journeyman magic user. Yeah, Journeyman. And then Orko, Orko, who's was an apprentice. You know, kind of sucky sucky. He uh, was an apprentice, yeah. Yep. So, Yeah. So you'll be able to set up everyone if you want to make a, a a retinue is what we're calling them. You can make a retinue of orcs. You want to play all orcs, or you want to play all undead, or whatever you want to do. It'll be a more wide open. Let's just say not so fixed as some of the other um, fantasy war games that are out there now. And again. If you want to make your fantasy world take place in one where there's ray guns and make it like sci fantasy, you can do it. If you want to take the magic stuff out of it and do a Cthulhu type game, you could do that. It's all really uh, where you want to take the rules. Like I said, we're doing a couple weeks, we're doing uh, robots versus musketeers, basically. So all open, whatever you want to do. And then we'll, uh, then I'm going to, then I'm going to take a month or so off. My wife is making me and then we're going to do, uh, then we'll start up some new stuff too. So, and with supplements along the way and, uh, totally new games on top of that. I mean, I've, I've, we've got, so we've got limitless possibilities. I'm leaning towards doing a Victorian sci-fi mega book that's going to be basically three parts. One that will handle the small unit stuff, one that will handle the big stuff, and one that will handle the flying spaceships that I'm going to have to have, or flying battleships that I'm going to have to have in our Victorian sci-fi world. So 
I'll be right back. I'm gonna take. I got. I gotta take a hot break for a second. I'll be right back. Pick it up. Not a dump. All right. Well, we'll do this real quick. You're taking a dump. Well, I'm back. Steve's not. So uh, if you've got any uh, questions for us. Oh, I know Scott wants to do uh, Victorian sci-fi and Zimdar. So Zimdar is a is a world, a lost continent that uh, Scott created oh, decades ago that we've played on and had many adventures in and has a whole background and a whole uh, mythology to it. So we're definitely going to have to be getting back into that. I started painting up uh, British troops for Mars. So now I've got two sets of uh, Victorian era British ones that have orange sand bases and ones that have, uh, have regular bases. And uh, um, same with my Germans. I got to paint up some colonial Germans to go with my uh, normal blue clad Germans. And, uh, then everybody goes with it. Of course, we're going to throw in some Venusians. And I started uh, going on Hero Forge, which if you don't know what it is, Hero Forge is uh, a great uh, online source to make your, right your, make your own miniatures. <laughs> I muted Steve. Uh, so you can create your own characters on... Uh, Hero Forge, and you can either have them print them and send them to you, or you can uh, just save them as an STL file uh, and save them as an STL file and print them yourself. So I was always a fan of the Space 1889 uh, Martians, but and then you can still get them. Uh, online but going back and look at them there's really limited poses of them so i went on in hero forge and i made just tons of uh space 1889 scout sky galleons of mars martians so i made them with uh they got the little ridge down their head and they've got the kind of uh fish fin ears and and they got kind of like a greek slash aztec kind of armor to them so i gave some with guns and some's with uh uh you know choppers and uh halberds and stuff like that and again like we printed out with the or like we said with the printed stuff and i can just print hordes of them so i won't be selling them but i'll have them for me which is great so 
Yeah, I had to mute you because we heard you yelling at the dog. <laughs> oh, did you? I'm, I, yeah, that's trying to cheat. Not, not as good as me taking a piss. Yeah, no, I'm trying to get the puppy. I was trying to get the puppy outside. She had disappeared. I'm like, uh, where's the puppy? And I didn't want her upstairs chewing on shit. All right. Well, we're going to probably call it here in about 10 minutes. If anybody's got any uh, other stuff they want us to talk about. Scott is talking about offering my Zendar stuff when you get to the point of playtesting. Oh, yes, we'll definitely, definitely be doing that. We'll have to do the hunt for the big green pig. Charles says, almost all the Ralph Parthen figures I bought in the 70s are unpainted. That's a shame. Going to paint them soon and see how much worse my painting skills are and use them to make some teams to play Fistful of Lead. That's what I like to hear. There you I go. I mean, I wrote the rules so I could just play all these all these miniatures that I have that have just been sitting around because they're not, you know, they don't fit into some rule set or something. And now I can, you know, I can have uh, – some Spanish conquistadors going through the jungle and run into all my uh, Games Workshop lizard men, you know, my original plastics from back in the day and and play with those and do little one-off games and stuff. So, And they may show up in Terror Island. How many, how, how like, I'm thinking about, like, the old figures that, that Charles mentioned those Ralph Bartha couple of the Doctor Who figures I have are old, old, old. And I'm just looking at those and the scale creep over the years is just in, what they're supposed to be the same scale, but from miniatures to, to what they are now, well, 20 yeah. inches, because they were, what, 25? You're going to have to live with that. Well, almost everyone's getting up to 32s. They're getting to, like, that Legion right. scale, but Again, if you don't like that, you would shrink down your STL files and make them the scale you want. So if you really want to go with that old school. Uh, solo RPG guy asked, besides Spellcaster trades, you had any more? Oh, yeah, because fantasy is essentially a hand-to-hand -hand game. You've got you've to add some more details to it. I mean, yeah, you got archery and stuff like that, but uh, you're essentially you know, making medieval combat, which is going to be more uh, up in your face. And, you know, the first book is essentially just a medieval combat book. You could buy that. You could just play straight up Dark Ages through Renaissance with that, not have any of the fantasy elements at all. The second book is just all about adding magic to it. And the third one is gonna, is about dungeon crawling. So we have a whole section on if you want to basically uh, make a dungeon as you go, explore it. And perfect for like solo role playing, uh, solo doing it because you're you're creating the dungeon as you go, and uh, and then with all the monsters and stuff, they have got all these you know different traits and everything. So I have not played Fistful of Lead solo, but the dungeon crawl would be one that I would do solo. Well, it's not. It was never meant to play solo, and sure. I make no I make no bones about it. I did the solo uh, free little uh, two-pager to play. It's just a play test kind of version. There's little kinks in it that are going to come up that you're going to have to sort of figure out yourself um, and refine. I haven't got any notes from anybody. And then, uh, you know, 
go from there. It's, you know, I wrote the rules because we have six, eight guys that come over every Thursday. Now, every other Thursday. Um, and I got to run a convention style game in three hours, you know, with eight players. So that's where those rules came from. You could play smaller with it with fewer people and you'll have a quicker game. It's still have a satisfying game. I, have, I get lots of stuff from people that, that like, Hey, I play with my seven year old son and they love it. Um, which is great. And then I've also, you know, Hey, I could take this to a convention and play with eight people and we can get it done in the time that's allotted for our little game slot. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I am. So, being the solo peeps are very creative. We can figure it out. Yep, and you know we've we've played we played remotely a lot over COVID. So, shit, we may have to go back to it. Um, you know, a couple of cheap cameras and a and a uh, some sort of share system like this or. Uh, I'm sure you can probably do with Teams or Zoom or whatever, and you can play with somebody across the country. I've played a couple of games now with my buddies in England. So, but yeah, with the dungeon uh, one, you know, dungeon one, you could definitely play solo because uh, you know you're just creeping along and creating as you go. And I and I played a couple of times to play test it, and I did it all just on some graph paper. And played out the whole thing. Uh, yeah, with with uh, Delta 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 keeps going. We might be we might be back uh, doing virtual gaming. Yep. All right. Well, we're at a, we're getting up at eight, almost eight thirty. So wow. Let's uh, let's call the first episode in the books and. Uh, We'll plan on next month doing it again. If not, we'll, uh, you know, if people want, we'll we'll do another one uh, sooner. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a couple weeks or something. Till then, me and Steve are just sitting here BSing. Thanks for stopping by. Bye.